welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. This is your host, Paul Marshall. Today we're broadcasting from the AGA PDT in Orlando. We'll be speaking with Jim Arnett, our AGA president, about his accomplishments and experiences as our president this year. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. So today we have our AGA president, Jim Arnett. Jim, thanks for being here. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, we're actually at the uh, PDT down in Orlando, and we thought we'd take a few minutes to talk to Jim and uh, about his initiatives this year. And yeah, so very interested to actually let's start off, Jim. Um, maybe you could give us a little bit of background what you're when you're not doing AGA. <laughs> what are your what's your day job? Absolutely. Well, I am the director of the Division of Local Government Audit in the Tennessee Comptroller of the Treasury. And our audit shop is responsible for the annual financial compliance audits of all of the local governments in Tennessee. That includes 95 counties, uh, some 350 municipalities, uh, as well as 1,300 other entities that include boards, commissions, authorities, utility districts, special school districts, charter schools, and, uh, and nonprofits. Wow. So you definitely come from the audit background to AGA. So I was curious what, you know, what spurred you to take on this presidency for the year? Big job. Well, being AGA president, uh, certainly not something that has been on, had been on my radar. Right. Uh, but uh, I do come from the Nashville chapter of AGA, and the Nashville chapter has always been very active. Uh, we've got a long history of individuals that have served in various regional and national leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually worked for two past AGA national presidents and Charles Harrison and Richard Normant. Oh, wow. um, I also worked uh, with uh, Mr. Frank Greathouse, who mm-hmm. was a uh, uh, he was the founder of the Nashville chapter. He's also a uh, was also a, uh, an innovator in the government accountability profession. And AGA has a National Leadership Award named in Mr. Greathouse's honor. Right. Uh, I also worked under the leadership for many years of William R. Snodgrass, who was the longtime Tennessee Comptroller of the Treasury. Uh, Mr. Snodgrass is, uh, has always been very well respected in the government accountability profession as well. And AGA has a National Leadership Award named in his honor right. as well. Heard so you, <laughs> you can see that I, I come from a long line of, of national leaders when it comes to government accountability. Right. But um, I was approached to, um, to throw my, my name in the hat for mm-hmm. president. and. Uh, I thought it was an opportunity for me to to give back to an organization that's given so much to me over the years. Well, that's great. No, absolutely. It's a long line of uh, leadership down there in Tennessee. It's absolutely. pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a little bit about some of your uh, initiatives this year. Let's talk about those kind of some highlights, what you think uh, went well there. So um, why don't we talk about start off the inclusivity task force? Okay. Well, Paul, I'm not an accountant. So there's a news flash for you. The president of the Association of Government Accountants is not an accountant. Right. Uh, neither is our chief executive officer, uh, Miss Ann Eberts. Mm-hmm. But uh, my background was in IT, uh, but I've been a public servant. Um, I've been a career public ser- servant, and uh, I've always considered myself to be a part of the government accountability profession. Mm-hmm. So uh, this year, we began a serious discussion about inclusivity. 
and uh, AGA so much more than an association of government accountants or so much more right. than an association of federal accountants or state and local government accountants. Our membership should represent all of the different genres and job titles that make up the government accountability profession. So right. whether you are um, uh, an accountant, uh, an auditor, an IT professional, uh, whether you work in budget, finance, procurement at the federal, state, local government levels, mm -hmm. uh, in academia, or uh, even in private sector, we're all government accountability professionals. So um, I'm very hopeful that this is going to be an ongoing initiative for AGA uh, in the coming years because I think it's really an opportunity for us to rejuvenate our association mm -hmm. and uh, help AGA continue to grow. So as part of that, what are some out, kind of outreach activities or just trying to, you know, encourage those folks to join up or, or participate? Well, the focus uh, is going to be on uh, reaching out primarily to chapters. We have some chapters that maybe consist of just federal government employees or mm -hmm. state government employees. So part of inclusivity is, is getting these chapters to... Uh, to reach out to other organizations and encourage people to come in and join their chapters, but also to reach out to maybe what uh, would be considered that non-traditional AGA member, maybe somebody that's working in a, in a, in a job other than an accountant or right. an auditor. Yeah, no, and I like how I've seen on PDT and a lot of other training sessions, you know, uh, topics that you wouldn't think are not necessarily just accounting, all kinds of, you know, more... Uh, diverse topics. And right. We've uh, made a real emphasis uh, in the agenda to try to provide sessions that will be appealing to, to everyone. Exactly. Well, great. How about, um, so let's hear a little bit more about the, uh, you have a state and local government task force as well. Right. I, I'm a state employee and uh, I audit local governments mm -hmm. and th those audits include a single audit of all the federal funds that are received by these governments. So, it's, it's very important for me to place an emphasis on reaching out to AGA's largest membership demographic, which is our state and local government members. Mm -hmm. But uh, reach out to these people and encourage them to get involved and participate in these national training events such mm -hmm. as the PDT. And I also want to encourage these members to come and be a part of the intergovernmental network that's available right. at these national training events. Um, I also want all of our membership to be more in tune uh, with the, the intergovernmental aspects of AGA, uh, especially the projects that are being initiated by the intergovernmental partnership. But uh, as I said, state and local government membership makes up 42 percent of our, of our membership. Mm -hmm. And uh, as successful as this PDT has been in Orlando, uh, it's one of the most successful PDTs AGA's ever had. Uh, but even with that success, only 13% of the attendees hmm. represent state and local government. Wow. So we, uh, we still have some work to do. Right. But um, I mentioned uh, working with the agenda, making sure we have sessions that appeal to, to all of the different job titles that make up our membership. Uh, we've also placed a real emphasis on uh, making sure that we have plenty of sessions that are of interest to our state and local government members. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's the majority of the country. Everybody's outside of D.C., right? I mean, that's right. There's <laughs> there's life outside the Beltway that's for right. sure. Yeah. Um, well, so here's an, another subject. Actually, one I've, I'm very interested in as well. The Higher Education Committee. I mean, I've always and there's sessions here about this. You know, you just don't see as much um, 
actual education out there for federal accounting, for state and local accounting, you know, just, just the, kind, of the, kind of the basic accounting courses, but that's probably part of this. But yeah, tell us a little bit about this higher education initiative. Well, one of my initiatives this year was to raise the, uh, the importance and the level of our higher education task force mm-hmm. that has been in place for, for a few years. And to, to elevate that task force to a standing AGA committee. Mm-hmm. And uh, being a career public servant and seeing my, my daughter's college friends and, and some other kids get degrees in accounting and finance and IT, mm-hmm. and they never give public service a consideration. That's right. <laughs> and that's very disheartening. Mm-hmm. And they will, uh, those kids will tell me, well, my professors discouraged public service. Hmm. It was all about getting that internship or that job offer from the big accounting firm or a, or a major corporation. Well, this has been, uh, this has been one of my highlights uh, of the year. Dr. Billy Moorhead, he's a past AGA national president. He's an, an accounting professor at Mississippi College. He agreed to serve as the Higher Education Committee's inaugural chair. And this committee has just been working with so much energy and enthusiasm to reach out to higher education and to encourage these colleges and and universities to promote careers in public service, Mm -hmm. to teach government accounting, and to promote our CGFM certification to to their students. So I'm uh, just very excited about this, this committee, and I'm expecting some really big things from them here in the future. That's good. I know when I, you know, took my classes, they I never had anything government related at all. And you know, take the CPA exam, maybe had two or three questions on there right. about it. Right. So, but then I get to work, and I don't know what's going on. This is different. <laughs> federal accounting has got a lot of quirks to it that are not right. taught out there. Well, many of these uh, accounting graduates that um, that uh, go to work for the big accounting firms, they end up doing government work. Right. Yeah. And so it's just very important that um, that they have some exposure to government accounting uh, before they get into the job market. And right. we have actually uh, reached out to our, our corporate partner advisory group mm-hmm. to encourage them to also reach out to higher education and say these are the these are the skills that we need these these graduates to have. Right. And uh, we're, we're really uh, focusing on, on uh, promoting the CGFM mm-hmm. to students right. and uh, possibly having colleges teach the CGFM curriculum mm. to where a, a student could actually go through that curriculum, take the CGFM exam while a college student pass the exam and come out with a certification that would make them much more attractive and marketable. Right. I definitely give them a, a big advantage over a lot of other folks coming out of school like that. That's mm-hmm. great. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, something I've been hearing a lot in the in the AGA community. It's the uh, changing of the governance structure. Uh, maybe just give us some highlights on that. I know it's a big topic, but yeah, this may may very well be the the, the most significant accomplishment of this past year, and it's an initiative that I inherited. But it's one that I certainly uh, certainly support, um, and and this this initiative was a proposed change to our governance structure. And AGA has not made any significant changes to our governance structure in in decades. Right. 
But on Sunday at the National Board of Directors meeting, the National Executive Committee proposed and the National Board of Directors approved a new organizational strategy that's going to take us into the future. And it's going to improve communications by eliminating some layers in our organizational structure. We're going to be eliminating our, our regions and our sections. And it's going to allow us to operate more strategically and efficiently by combining the National Executive Committee and National Board of Directors responsibilities hmm. into one national governing board. Uh, it's going to strengthen our chapters by improving the communication flow, by allowing them to receive more direct support from our AGA national staff. And that's typically what's happening now is most chapters, when they have a question or an issue, they're going directly to staff. Right. They're going to the source of the information mm -hmm. rather than having to go through a, a regional vice president or a senior uh, sectional vice president to, to get information. They're going directly to the, to the source. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to uh, free up some of our volunteer leaders uh, to focus on chapters instead of uh, some of these leaders are they're uh, they're overextended they're part of a chapter but yet they're also filling either a regional or a national leadership role well this is going to allow them to get back to their chapters and focus their their energies there it's going to give chapters and members a more direct voice in the AGA decision-making process in that uh, we are going to be creating a new National Council of Chapters, which mm. will consist of one member from each of our 100 uh, chapters that we have across the country. And then eight of those 100 NCC members will be selected to actually serve on the National Governing Board. Mm. So now chapters will have 50% of the vote on the National Governing Board. So this is really a, a big deal. Yeah, and absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal, and uh, I'm just so proud and thankful of all the hard work uh, that's gone into making this initiative a reality. So and so this is now officially in place? or mm -hmm. it's, it's officially in place, okay. and uh, what we approved on Sunday were changes to our national bylaws, which allowed for this new uh, governance structure to be implemented. And... Um, Effective immediately, that uh, those bylaws will enable us to create a, a new leadership development committee, which is a byproduct of this new organizational structure. And this leadership development committee is going to be replacing our current nominating committee. In, in terms of um, the new committee will have a year-round responsibility to work to recruit, vet, uh, mentor potential AGA national leaders. So that that part of the bylaws change goes into effect immediately. Uh, the actual uh, organizational structure with the new national governing board will be uh, effective July 1 of 2019. Okay. And I'm, I'm thinking uh, if, if folks want a little more information, it should be an AGA website? Or? Absolutely. Okay. They can go to the AGA website and there is uh, uh, just a plethora of information mm -hmm. there about uh, the governance uh, initiative that we went through and uh, the new bylaws changes. Okay. Well, that's great because, I, I, like you said, I worked on boards and then regional level as well, and it was quite a lot. It's quite right. A lot it's, to do. it's a big commitment. <laughs> yes, it is. So no, I think this is going to streamline things. I like it. It sounds like, you know, more empower some of the, 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 the regional chapters and mm -hmm. such. So that's great. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I uh, just wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, how you felt about some of the big training events this year, you know, the ones you were able to, to get to, you know, some things that might have jumped out at you that you thought were particularly interesting or, you know, beneficial. Yeah, this, is, this has really been an incredibly successful year. Uh, we got a, a, an excellent financial report at our National Executive Committee meeting on Saturday, which shows that uh, even a bunch of government accountability professionals are, are physically physically responsible <laughs> and <good. laughs> we're able to continue to provide first-class training opportunities mm-hmm. uh, such as the PDT here in Orlando, uh, the leadership training event and the internal control and fraud training mm-hmm. conferences are, are also uh, very successful. Uh, we've hosted a number of successful summits including a, a new uh, PIO-CFO summit our enterprise risk management workshop was a huge success, along with uh, numerous webinars and the continued distribution of some world-class publications. And on top of that, our CGFM certification continues to grow uh, not only in numbers but in significance. So uh, all of the, the training events are, have just been uh, incredibly successful. Uh, as I mentioned, the, uh, this PDT in Orlando is one of the most successful PDTs that we've ever had. Uh, we, have, um, we have over 1,800 attendees, hmm. in-person attendees, right. and then we have um, uh, over 200 virtual attendees as wow. well. So it just seems like that every training event that we're having, we're breaking records in terms of the number of people that are attending in person as well as as these virtual attendees. And we uh, feel like we're certainly meeting our vision of being that premier organization to promote government accountability. Yeah, and I love how, you know, AJA is always staying on top of innovative new things that are happening in the community. Uh, You know, this this event has a lot of sessions on robotics and blockchain, things that, you know, you wouldn't even have thought about, but they really are happening now in the government. And it's very interesting. It keeps everybody kind of on the cutting edge. Exactly. So. Those, those things that you mentioned are certainly the, the future of our profession. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to learn uh, as much as possible about these new technologies and new approaches uh, before it, uh, they, they actually become uh, commonplace in, right. in, the, in the government. Right. And I was also excited about that, the performance-related summit this year. And again, like you're always coming up with some new, new ideas, new, you know, new ways to, to bring people out and be more inclusive, too. It's another good example of that. Exactly. Our, our national, uh, national staff does an incredible job of uh, putting together these, these uh, conferences, these training events, and the, uh, the technical committees mm-hmm. that uh, are involved in, in actually selecting the sessions and the speakers. They, they do an outstanding job. So I, uh, one more thing I was curious to talk to you about, uh, you know, I think part of your job this year was to travel around, uh, around, you know, around the, the country and visit some chapters. And I was just wanted to know, uh, you know, how did that go and what did you learn out there? Well, it was great. And, and of course, being the AGA national president there, uh, there's travel requirements that go along with that. And since the beginning of my journey, I've made 27 chapter visits. Hmm. I've been from Augusta, Maine, to Tallahassee, Florida, to Tucson, Arizona, to Seattle, Washington, and <laughs> several points in between. And when you throw in all of the AGA meetings that I've attended, the training events, 
uh, a couple of association summits that I've been to. Uh, that's over 57,000 miles wow. of AGA travel. <laughs> Uh, but I've met uh, with chapter executive committees. Um, I've eaten a lot along the way. <laughs> Chapters are very gracious when sure. it comes to hosting the, the national president of AGA. But uh, I've talked about governance. I've talked about leadership. I've talked about auditor-auditee relations. Mm -hmm. I've talked about internal controls. I've talked about AGA and the CGFM certification. And I've gotten to meet just so many wonderful, loyal, dedicated AGA members mm -hmm. along the way. And this, uh, the chapter visits are truly the highlight of being the, the national AGA president. And um, our chapters, our members, are, they're all so different. Uh, some of the chapters are prospering. They're doing very well. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we've got chapters that are struggling. Mm -hmm. But um, as I said, these chapter visits are, are, are the best part of being the national president and meeting our members has been wonderful. My wife has been able to be my travel partner oh, on um, a lot of these these uh, uh, excursions that I've been on, and we've been able to uh, work in some side trips along the way. We went to the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. We went to the Grand Tetons, uh, Yellowstone National Park. We went to Niagara Falls, mm -hmm. uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, our rental car was actually headbutted by a buffalo <laughs> in Custer, South Dakota. Really? And Paul, I bet I'm the only AGA national president that can say that's that's happened <laughs> to them. But wow. it's uh, it's it's been great, uh, and uh, that's going to make passing the gavel kind of sad uh, tomorrow mm -hmm. afternoon. But um, uh, I've grown accustomed to being on the road, and uh, but instead of being sad, I'm just going to be glad I've had the opportunity to to do this. Right, and I'm sure it was a really busy year for you, too, so maybe a little less busy, but I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was a very busy year, and, um, of course, along with that travel, that means that that takes time away from my, my day job. Right. And uh, lucky for me, I've got an outstanding staff that was able to pick up the slack while I was out of the office, and I've got an employer that not only encouraged me to be the AGA national president, right. but certainly supported me when I had to be out of the office for various events. Right. Well, you know what? That brings me to my last uh, topic for you. I wanted to see what you thought as far as, you know, what did you learn from this experience? How are you going to bring things back to your day job from this? And yeah, get your perspective. Well, my presidential theme for the year was accountants and accountability professionals working together to make government work better. Mm -hmm. And because that's, that's what we do as government accountability professionals. That's what we do as AGA members mm -hmm. is we make government work better. And AGA is committed to making sure that we have many of the tools and we have the opportunity to, to make that happen. And, you know, sometimes government employees get a bad rap, and I've seen firsthand just how dedicated and loyal our members are and how they take pride in making government work better. Mm -hmm. And when you make government work better, you ultimately improve the lives of all the citizens that receive the services from the various organizations that we represent. Right. So the, uh, the government accountability profession needs AGA now more than ever. And I'm just so proud to be a public servant. I'm proud to be an AGA member. I'm proud to be a CGFM. And my tenure as AGA president has just reinforced that pride and the desire to continue to make government work better. Well, Jim, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the conversation. And uh, 
Let's enjoy the rest of the PDT. Thank you, Paul. Well, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Come visit us at agacgfm.org. You can see all the other podcasts. And, of course, get all kinds of interesting AGA information. Anything else you may need. Upcoming training, conferences, all that good stuff. So until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA. AGA.